Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 607, recorded live on Sunday, September 15th, 2019. And here are your hosts, the man who is finally back in Wisconsin, Dave Play. Hey! And the man who is still in Michigan, Andy Lowe. Hi. Hi, Andy. Hello, I have not gone anywhere. I did... I, I went off to Seattle for like two, well, a week and a half. But it was a week and a half with two weekends in there. Yes. Yes. Two two weekends plus a little bit before one weekend. Um, yeah, because I, I left on Thursday. I was there Thursday night. And oh my God, man, we I, I forgot about the hills. Like, hardcore forgot about the hills. So we, we got off the light rail near the hotel at like 11.50 at night, Seattle time. So that was like 1.50 in the morning here. Um, and then I don't remember, I don't know if you remember this, the, the station right downtown near the conference center is on 3rd. Okay. The hotel was on 6th. Oh, geez. So that's all, that's like all uphill. All uphill. It was like a straight shot, which was nice, but it was all uphill and... You know, we were going for uh, almost two weeks, so, like, we packed the duffel bag, so I had to carry the duffel bag, the second duffel, and I think my backpack. Yeah. (laughs) Up all those hills. Oh, God, it was was bad. Yeah. But we did it, and we got there, and yeah, it was, it was, uh, I had a great time. Seattle's beautiful. It was a fantastic city. It was, like, it was raining the first night we got there, and it did not rain again until the Saturday before we left. Well, that's kind of surprising. Yeah. So it was like a week and a half of of just beautiful, beautiful weather and had a really good time. Well, yes, because Seattle's a nice place to go visit. Yeah. So the, so the question is, when was the last time you were at PAX before uh, this? Two years ago when oh. I went to PAX Australia. Oh, well, I mean PAX Prime. <laughs> 2011 was the last PAX Prime. So, how's it changed over the last eight years? If you don't have a plan, if you don't know ahead of time what you want to do, you are not going to be able to do very much. When when we got there the first day, we had gotten in at like, you know, 11.50 p.m. the night before. Didn't really feel like getting up at 7 in the morning to go stand in line to get into the, the convention center. So, like, we, we kind of dawdled and we went in. We still had to stand in a line, but it wasn't a, a terribly long line. And then we got into the convention center and we just kind of wandered around a little bit and took in the space and looked around. I was like, yeah, it's a pretty cool place. And every line that we looked at, I'm like, hey, I wonder if we could get in line for this. Out. The line was capped. Out for the day. Closed. I started taking pictures of the signs to be like, so this is my PAX experience now. Jeez. Oh, <sighs> uh, additionally, the convention center was stupidly paranoid and started like they they required everyone to go through a security check, metal detector and someone looking through your bag to get into the building and they closed all but one entrance like you you could you know where the the super trip pulled in every yeah. year under the highway yes and like under the building yes uh that was like the only entrance everyone had to go through that huh that's 
So, so if I had gotten into the convention center, there were times at PAX where I just wanted, you know, I needed a brush, breath of fresh air. Yep. So, you know, the place where all the cosplayers were at outside, that was, that was no bueno. Yep. You, you actually could go out there. Uh, it was just like closed off so that you, you couldn't leave in that direction and you could not come back in from outside of that. Okay. So like you could go out to, it was the smoking area is what it was and still is. And you could absolutely go out there. Um, and you could come back in from out there. You just couldn't get there from the outside. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm is right. I still had a good time. Well, that's good. I still had a great time hanging out with people. I unfortunately, like, didn't get to see anyone from the, the old PAX crew. Part of that is because Akalon, you remember Akalon, right? Yeah. The guy who won the Omegathon when when I was an Omeganaut. Mm-hmm. His wedding was that weekend. Oh, so there was probably a lot of people not there. Yeah. Also, some of the old Paxers that we, we used to know have just stopped going. Like, Big Red doesn't do enforcing anymore. Liger is in Australia. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people so in Australia. There. Yep. Mo was evidently there, but we just never hooked up. Oh. Same with Toast. But I still maintain I had a great time, and I think I'm going to go back. Definitely going to try. Well, you have fun with that. Thank you. I, uh, I, I... Yeah? I went to a funeral, and then what else did I do? I don't know. What did you do? What was going on on the 7th? No, 7th was the funeral. What was going on on the 31st? Try to remember. It was not. It's not pleasant. Yep. So okay. Oh well. Did you? Uh, okay. So you, if you were at a wedding, so you probably didn't do the first Saturday stuff with Ingress. No, and I don't think there was a first Saturday event nearby. There was not a first Saturday event in Seattle. That just seems weird. Yeah, and I looked through the list. I don't. I didn't see one. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a uh, an event yesterday in Redmond. Oh, the. Uh, so the... I missed that by a week. Yeah, the field test. The hexa, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I missed that by a week. Yeah, there was a mission day up in Grand Rapids yesterday, but I was already busy with stuff. Yep. So I guess I just have to keep my eye out on the, oh, they redid their events page, I think. Nope, no, they didn't. Never mind. <laughs> it just hadn't loaded. <laughs> There's yeah, one now, in Oshkosh. Now I'm looking October up at... 5th. Uh, Where the hell is Oshkosh? I swear I've driven through that. Through Oshkosh? I've heard of it. Because it was a clothing brand. Yeah, it's up by Winnebago. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a drive. That's like an hour and a half drive. That's that's why I've heard it so many times. Because we've got radio stations in Appleton. Ah, that's why I I probably know people who live in Oshkosh. Yeah. Oh, check-in is at 11 o'clock in the morning, though. What what happens in first Saturday events? It's kind of like a nonchalant get-together. Sometimes there are missions. Sometimes there are just, you know, fun little prizes there. But it's double AP. Okay. So, But just for that area? Or, like, once you've checked in, it's pure double AP forever? Well, for you, have to check, Saturday. you have to check in at the portal. And they normally yeah. will have, you know, um, the event will, for, for the next two hours after you check into that one portal, you get double AP. But then you also have to, I think, check back in with the <clears> organizers <throat> at the end of that two-hour uh, window. So, yes, you could okay. check into that portal drive somewhere else for two hours, do whatever you need to do, and then drive back <laughs> and hopefully get back in time before, you know. Except, well, except the event is only two hours long. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I was talking about needing a bunch of portals to, like, get the Explorer stuff. Doing Oshkosh would do that. 
I do have to say, though, because there was a mission event in Grand Rapids, there wasn't really much going on around the Grand Rapids, Western Michigan side, but now there's just stuff all over the place. (laughs) Somebody's connected a link from St. John all the way basically up to Lansing. It's like, why'd you do that? I mean, I I see some, like, what is that? That's got to be south of Racine, Kenosha. Looks like, yeah, Kenosha up to Ludington. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff going across the lake now. Not portals, uh, links. Yeah, that's St. John to Lansing one. That's pretty intense. Yeah. I had a plan to, um, because there wasn't, you know, much going on between Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, and Holland. And I I take that route when I go up to Holland. So, okay, I was like, okay, you know, there's nothing blocking my way from connecting Kalamazoo to Holland. I just got to find something up by Grand Rapids. So I found, you know, a nice portal location right off of 131. I'm like, oh, I could do this, you know, within a month or two, I could probably have, you know, like 20 keys for both Kalamazoo and up near Grand Rapids. And then I just go into Holland and I basically just, you know, start making triangles going from east to west. I'm like, boom, there's there's a whole bunch of, you know, mind units right there. But now, no, now it's just, yep. there's just shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> just so much stuff. Yeah, you know, this blue link, I can't do anything about it because it's blue. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Excuse me. <sighs> But okay. it might not really matter for my, my my purpose on Ingress, though, because Niantic, uh, there was the lawsuit has been resolved. A lawsuit? Yes, back in July of Who 2016. Who sued Ingress or Niantic? Okay. Uh, let's see. The uh, lawsuit originates from several homeowners suing Niantic due to how Pokestops oh, caused... Oh, yeah, it was the Detroit folks. Yeah, caused Pokemon Go players to congregate near their house. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, way back in 2016. Yeah, there there was like a couple in Detroit that were suing Niantic because they couldn't keep people off their front lawn. I thought it was out in California, though. Uh, might have been there, too. No, no, no. The Hollywood, Florida. There it was. The residents of Villas of Postanao, uh, who during the height of the Pokemon Go phenomenon woke up in the early morning hours to hundreds of players behaving like zombies walking around bumping into things. So Niantic settled. Mm-hmm. And what's really funny is the um, they settled the case for no less than $4 million, but the actual plaintiffs will only get $1,000. Where does the rest of the money go? Probably to the lawyers. Wow. So, um, upon complaints of nuisances or trespassing... Oh, so that's, that's why the game now tells me, hey, be courteous. Oh, when... Uh, that's cute. When, when, when you have a raid with at least 10 people. Mm. I didn't know that. Like it was, it showed up in the system. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I wonder why it's doing that now. Now I know it's because of the settlement. Um, yeah, I read one article where they were said that they were going to um, uh, remove all poke uh, stops within 40 meters of single family residential properties. And I was like, well, shoot, because that's well. That's, owners get the rights to do that. Yes, yeah. Right? It's one, not that it, they actually just went through and did it. It's that you can request it to happen. Yes, which is good because there's... 
There's, I think, uh, three, three portals in our neighborhood. All of them are within yeah. 40 meters of single family homes. They are, they are all legitimate. Yeah, absolutely. They are all legitimate portals because one of them is on the bike trail. One of them is a church and the other one is the neighborhood pool. So they're all, you know, legitimate portals, but they're all within 40 meters of single family residences because it's in the middle of a neighborhood. So if those got removed, I would be super annoyed. Well, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't care. You don't play Pokemon Go. The question, though, is, okay, if they remove them from Pokemon Go, how does that relate to the other databases? Uh-huh. It doesn't. I can speak with, with quite a bit of confidence on this. So if something gets removed in one of the games, it's still going to show up in the others? Because they don't remove the point of interest. They just flag it as don't spawn a thing here. And specifically, that gets flagged for Pokemon Go. Oh, okay. So we'll have to see how this affects the Harry Potter. Again, I can speak with confidence. Uh, when when a organization <clears throat> that shall remain nameless uh, requested the removal of all the Pokestops on on its its corporate campus, uh, they all disappeared. And and then uh, that was that until a different set came back because Ingress kind of forgot to run a thing. Uh, and so all the, the other Pokestops came back. Um, and when Harry Potter came out, because they use a different granularity of, of stuff, like some things that were Pokestops are now, and then were, were taken away, are now things like greenhouses. Oh, okay, good. So it's just the Pokemon players that are getting screwed by this, which I'm not one, so I don't care. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm really, really sure. Not 100%. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Well, then... I guess I'm not as upset about this as I originally was. Yeah. Also, no one's going to request from your neighborhood that they get taken down. Because most of the people in our neighborhood have no idea what's going on. Right. It's not like you have hundreds of people playing nearby. Yeah. No, that's just downtown Kalamazoo. Which it turns out they got rid of the free Wi-Fi in the park downtown because that's where all the homeless people were chilling. And they were just basically yeah. just streaming a bunch of inappropriate content. <laughs> Oh, no, they were all watching porn. Not all of them, but a lot of them also were uh, playing uh, explicit music using, uh, you know, free streaming stuff. Man, also, if I ever really wanted to, you know, do something there, there's a there's a large, you know, base of people. It's like if I could get the homeless guys to somehow work for me for something either Harry Potter or Ingress related. They are always there. Yeah. So, okay. So Niantic had, uh, this is this is the closing of the lawsuit. It's gone and done with. I am a little surprised still that Harry Potter is not nearly as popular as Pokemon Go. Like, of the two games, there are still way more Pokemon Go players than Harry Potter players. Well, I was, I was, <laughs> Pokemon Go had the huge Pokemon base and it was already tech related. The Harry what? Potter, I, I I see a lot of, you know, because Pokemon started out as a video game, right? That is still the bread and butter of Pokemon. Yes. I mean, it was it was a video game slash anime slash card game slash manga. It was, it was kind of a media onslaught all at once. 
But most of the time growing up, when I had heard about, you know, updates to Pokemon, it was always the video games, first and foremost. Well, yes, you didn't live in Japan. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying, you know, the U.S. population was all about the Pokemon video games. And so making another Pokemon video game was not surprising. Harry Potter was a book and movie series. So trying to make that transition from book and movie to video game, it's not really a one-to-one sort of transition. Because Pokemon's fan base was already more on the techie side, they they were easier to switch and convince to pick up this video game. Yes. As opposed to Harry Potter fans who are readers. Yes. I suppose. Maybe. Maybe. I'll, I'll consider that. Um, speaking also of movies and video games, though, Disney yes. really wants to get out of the video game production business. Really? Yes. Like making their own video games. Yeah. Disney uh, has basically been selling off all developers and publishers. Last one right now is they're trying to get rid of uh, Fox Next, which was the company that made Marvel Strike Force. Okay. Um, yeah, they're trying to sell that now as well. Was was the company was was it named that because they were like, yeah, we're gonna buy Fox next? I don't think so because this was originally Joke. part of 20, 20th Century Fox. Okay. So yeah, Disney got it in the Fox deal, and now they're trying to get rid of it. And Disney now has said Bob, Bob Iger has now been on the record saying that but, he just wants to license. He doesn't want to publish. He doesn't want to develop. He wants to pay. You know. He wants to license out the games for other people to make. He wants people to pay him. Yes. And then do the work. Yes. Sounds like Bob Iger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I. it's interesting to me because on the one hand, everyone's talking about Disney as this media empire, right? That they're buying all this stuff, that they are owning all of the content. And so it just seems weird that they don't want like super fine control over this. I guess they still get some level of control if they're the ones licensing it. Mm-hmm. But it, it just feels like they want I, that they, they would want more and could could do more. Like no one's going to turn down a job as a video game developer for a Disney company. Or maybe they would. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I'm I'm not sure on this one, but it, it just it's kind of funny where you know yeah Disney is like mm, yep yeah, nope not gonna do that we're just gonna pay other people to do it for us yeah <sighs> that's weird but you know also uh, Bob Iger was on uh, Apple's board of directors and has now what? stepped down he has conflict of interest. I, I don't think it was a like, I don't think anyone was upset at it. I think it was, it really was like, look, this should not be a thing. Like, I, I should not be on both of these. And Apple saying you should not be on both of these and, and an amicable split. I don't think there was any bad blood there. Really? You don't think this was all because of the uh, Apple TV stuff? Oh, I'm sure it was. But I, I think they were like, yeah, no, that's that's actually like, that's right. Mm. So speaking of Apple, they had their uh, yep. their September event. Yes. Yes, they did. The iPhone 11? Yes. 10? 11. Because I guess okay. Apple did not like the number 10, so they went from, you know, the iPhone 9 to the iPhone X to the iPhone 11. Well, the iPhone X was 10, right? Yes, but they didn't call it the iPhone 10. They always called it the iPhone X and the iPhone XR. Or is it the iPhone Cross? <laughs> did you Did you see that article? 
or those articles. No. The the Sony fan base was like livid for a couple days uh, because what are what are the four buttons on a PlayStation controller? Triangle, X, square, and circle. Incorrect. Triangle, square, circle, and cross. Really? Cross? The official term for the X button is a cross. Hmm. Well, it's circle and cross. If it looks like X an X and, o. and it smells like an X. Oh, oh, wait. Well, you said circle, not O. Don't tell me it looks like an X and the, the circle looks like not an O. Why isn't it X and O, Andy? Oh, poop on you. If it's circle, it better damn well be cross. When you play tic-tac-toe, it is either X's and O's or circles and crosses. Tomato, potato. No one plays tic-tac-toe with X's and circles. So, yeah, so anyway, new iPhone 11. <laughs> so, okay, so so the iPhone 10 was the iPhone X or yes. iPhone Cross or whatever. Now we have the iPhone 11. Is there anything, like, impressive, new, exciting, like, is it just, yeah, we made it better, faster, smaller, etc., or bigger, I guess, now? Um, it's got three cameras on it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just imagining, like, the iPhone 15 has, like, five cameras. I don't, I, mm, I don't know how, like, does it need three cameras, two on the back? There's two cameras on the back, Andy. Yes. One of them is a, um, one, uh, it's the, different the, focal lengths. One yes. is a wide angle lens. One is but a, like, one of the other one is an ultra wide taking, angle lens. Why are you taking weird landscape photos with your iPhone? Like, I don't expect my phone's camera to be good. I expect it to be good enough. I don't want the majority of my memory taken up by the photos that I take on my phone. Well, that's why you get some sort of they cloud backup. They don't need backup. to be high definition. But, like, they don't need to be high def. They, like, I'm viewing them on the phone. I'm not going to go all CSI and zoom in and enhance on someone's eyeball. Well, I, you either you either view it on your phone or you view it on Facebook. You know, that's basically right. your, your, your two places. So why does it need to be like 12 megapixels, super high quality? I don't know. People are crazy. So, uh, the, the battery supposedly will last up to four hours longer than the previous mode. And it will also ship with a okay. 15 watt charger. Woo. 15 I mean, watts. Are they still using lightning cables? Well, yeah, it's Apple, so yeah. Okay, then I don't really care about their charger because I can't use it. Mm -hmm. uh, they're putting out a new version of the Apple Watch. Listen to the excitement. Yeah. Ooh. New version of Apple Watch. How wonderful. Uh, it's got an always-on display, but they're doing some new, I guess, refresh technology or something of that nature, so it can actually have an 18-hour battery life. Okay. I see, like, but that right there, that's that's very telling, isn't it? Your watch has an 18-hour battery life, and that's a good thing. <laughs> there are many days where I am awake for more than 18 hours. So when am I charging my watch? Yeah, no, I, uh, my, my gear fit too here. <laughs> I, um, well, I wear it to sleep because it's got my sleep alarm on it and such. Um, but I charge it two times during the day. One, uh, when I put Isaac to sleep, I leave it in the other room on the charger. So that gives me about an hour. And then after mm -hmm. sleeping, I throw it on the charger while I go shower because I don't want to shower with my watch on. And right. I have never had a problem with the battery 
being low. The only like, time... Do you... Yeah. I, so, I the thing is, I don't shower every day. I shower, like, every other day. I did not and know that, but I, okay. I don't have a kid to put down. I, I don't have a kid. You shower every day? Yes, I shower every day. Why? It is how I wake up in the morning. That's a waste of water. All right. It's a waste of water. I can't believe I've known you this long and I just found this out. (laughs) Is that a major shift in your view of me? I don't know. I feel like it should be, but I don't think it is. It's it's really not. Like you you don't need to shower every day. Yes, I know. I've seen I've I've seen the TED Talks. Okay. I've seen the TED Talks. I haven't. I've seen the Adam Ruins everything. Yes, I understand you don't have to shower every day. Okay. If if you make the personal choice to shower every day, I'm not going to disparage you for that. Okay. As you had said I, earlier I, I in this episode, if I, you are wasting water. You, you are. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but... <laughs> you're, you're tiptoeing around this one now. <laughs> it's, it's really... Yeah, it's kind of... Mm, wasting water, Andy! It's a really important resource. There's only so much of it. So yeah, so there's the new the new watch, the new iPhone. Yeah. Uh, there's new a iPad, new, new iPad. Refreshed iPad. Well, no, this one's, you know this one's supposedly a, uh, a new generation. Okay, you know what there isn't a new of? What? Anything that is surprising. Anything that is like industry shifting, making a big impact, making a significant change. It is all just, yeah, we updated this. Um, well, there was uh, the Apple TV Plus announcement of costing just $5 a month. Yeah, well, because they have to compete with the Disney thing now. Yeah. Yeah, did you did you buy the, uh, the three-year pre-up? No, I didn't see that there was one for sale. There was one, uh, yeah, for Disney Plus. It's it's over now, so you're kind of SOL. But uh, yeah, if you bought three years or if you bought two years, you got the third year free. Cool. So we we did it because you know we like Marvel and you know watch Disney shows. Yeah, yeah, Disney shows. We have a kid. (laughs) I hate to say it, but sometimes that House of Mouse. You know, he enjoys the Mickey Mouse clubhouse. It's just like, oh, yeah, I hate to do it, but it, you know, (laughs) I did. Now, here's the question, though. Did you see the thing about Apple Arcade? I mean, I saw it in this article that you've posted, but no, I did not see any other news about it. It's still nothing new and, and like, groundbreaking, though. Yeah, no, it's, hey, you subscribe and you can play a bunch of games. It's like, well, okay, yes. Welcome to the... It's, we, I think it's probably a lot of like games that are already on the store anyway. Yeah, probably. You just, you know, you know, don't have to do the in-app purchases. Don't have to, you know, see all the ads. Yeah, no, that's that's not a new. It might be new for Apple, but like that's not a new service. That's not a new change thing. <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm going through this list. And I'm like, OK, so this was this was two hours and it's, you know, outside of a better phone, which is expected, right? Yeah. If they it would have been bigger news had they not put out a new phone. Yes. Yeah, because it's, it's September. It's phone time, you know. Right. But what does that say? Like, if, if the bigger news would have been that they didn't do anything, what did they do? Like, what did they even do? They they did exactly what we expected them to do. Yeah. And I'm still sitting here with my LG G6 doing my thing. <laughs> I'm thinking of actually doing a... Galaxy I'm, S7. I'm, I'm thinking of doing a wipe on my phone just because it sometimes, especially if I'm trying to do bounce between Ingress and Harry Potter... Um, it, 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 something happens and it is not happy with it. I'm not sure if that's a phone thing or if, you know, I've got too many background apps going or what. 
I am not sure. I don't know, man. I just actually, I just wiped my Kindle Fire, though, because that was, there was something going funky with that. So I've got to reload all my stuff onto the Kindle Fire. I've been thinking of upgrading from the the Galaxy S7. It's getting a little, um, what's the term, long in the tooth? If I do upgrade to something, though, I'm going to have to continue to upgrade with my, uh, because I've got all my USB-C stuff. Yeah. So I'll have to find a phone. Well, so that's that's the nice advantage for you, right? Yeah. You are on USB-C. Yes. Andy, all the new phones are USB-C. Oh, shows how much I've been paying attention. Like, that's the new standard. USB-C is superior in almost every way. Not the least of which... You can put it in upside down. Oh my gosh, yes. I just grab the cable right? and I it's just shove it in there. symmetric. And it works. Yeah, you don't need to worry about it. Uh, I'm still rocking a micro USB, and I'm. this is one of the last things that is micro USB. Well, no, that's not entirely true. I've got a tablet that's micro USB, and our Kindle stuff is all micro USB. Yeah, our Kindles are micro USB. Kate's the, phone is like, micro USB. The uh, baby monitor is micro USB. The baby monitor is micro USB? Yeah. Weird. Why would that be Problem weird? Problem for me it, is I've lost... I just it, I wouldn't th- have thought of putting a micro USB on that. That's that's the like that was the generic power lost, source. Like the I, I yeah five volt power supply. Mm-hmm. I don't know anymore what the good phones are. Like what's the difference between the Galaxy A fifty and the Galaxy S ten plus? I don't know, especially when you know when you see the and ads the, the where they're just like, LG hey, get a G8. Galaxy phone on us. It's like, well, yeah, which Galaxy phone? Yep. What's the difference between the S10 and the S10 Plus? Is it size? Is it internals? I, I don't know anymore. I can get a Google Pixel. Is that good? I, d- I don't know. Also, is, the fact is... The is the Pixel 3 what I want? Are there Pixel 4s? Supposedly there's a Pixel 4 coming out soon. It is September, so I've, it is phone but time. Like, we, we used to be on this. How did I fall off so hard? Uh, because it would cost you... Let's see, the new iPhone 11 is how much? Well, if I get it from Sprint, it costs me uh, $17 a month. The iPhone 11 Pro will start from $1,000. And the iPhone 11 Pro Max is $1,100. $1,100. Yeah. But Andy, we didn't buy all of the phones. We still kept up on them. We still knew about them. Yeah, it's the Pixel 3a and the 3a XL are the current Pixel phones. There's got to be a Pixel 4 coming. Yeah, it's on its way. Someone sent us 21 more pictures of the leaked Pixel 4 XL. Okay. It's on its way. Yes. Ship with Android 10 since they ran out of letter food. They decided to swap. Okay, let's see. Pixels were officially announced on October 9th, 2018. So in probably a month, you'll get the Pixel 4 announced. And then you should be able to tell where you're at. But like, am I? I don't know. The rear cameras are located. Don't know anymore, man. The rear cameras are located in a square bump. Oh, jeez. Are we getting bumps now? Notches and bumps. This is just. They're like, oh yeah, look how small this phone is. It's like, yes, but you've got this large protuberance of multiple cameras. <laughs> hey, iPhone 11. Two cameras on the back. Two cameras. Uh, back the to pe- topics. What else we have? Uh, oh, Nintendo had Python. an announcement. Oh my god. No, 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 no. I want to talk about Python. Okay. Please. Sure, let's talk about Python. They're actually sunsetting Python 2. 
What? Python 3 came out in 2008. 2008. Yeah. And still people are like, I'm going to write this in Python 2. Ha ha ha. Like, why? 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 Oh, because there's so many libraries for it. Yeah. Windows 8 came out when? 2012. And yet there are still people. Window, yeah, Windows 7. Windows 7 came out in 2009. After Python 3 came out. Yes. Python 3 is older than Windows 7. Yes. And you still have people with stuff that can only work in Windows 7 out there in the business world. Yep, yep. Because the business world doesn't understand how computers work. Yeah, this and is the, the, the article I linked to was... Computer, fact, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. The article I linked to was talking about how the fact that J.P. Morgan is still not on <laughs> Python three. Right, right. Well, but that's that's my point. Like the business world doesn't understand how computers work, and computer systems like Python, right? The the organizations that design Python, run Python, make maintain Python, and and update it in in the code don't understand how industry works. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's our, our automation software. Currently, there's a version four out there. We are still, I think, three minor revisions behind where I work. Not because, you know, there's really a, a major problem because we've got some of our other markets a version or two ahead of us. It's just because we haven't gotten around to planning out the implementation of the upgrade. You know, I call, I call up support and they're like, well, what version are you on? Oh, uh, 3.7. They're like, oh, well, you know, this is fixed in 3.8. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware. I can't do anything about it, but I'm aware of it. You know, you know, I, I have no problem updating it, but my boss does not want me to update it without having an actual, you know, company person on site. Because last time we tried to update it without, with a company person on site, the day after he left... There was an issue with licensing on one of the computers, and it kept on restarting itself after 24 hours. So yeah, no, he implemented it, and he watched it for 24 hours. Everything was fine, and then as soon as he left, that 24-hour period ended, and the computer restarted. Oops. So yeah, so I get it, yes. No, business does not move quickly with upgrading of hardware and software. Anything. Anything. Anything, because they, they don't want to pay for it, right? Hey, it works. Why are you going to charge me more money to make it still work? It it should work forever. Yeah, it's it's kind of like some of the uh, broadcasters where I'm at, you know, they still use satellites for the distribution. You know, there are better options out there, especially, you know, places in town which, you know, have, you know, fiber connections. But still, the satellites work, you know. Why why yeah. update it? Why why fix it if it ain't broken? Yeah, so here's another, uh, I want to come back to fix it if it ain't broken, but here's another, um, I think, good example of... of Companies not keeping up and companies not caring. I have a smart TV. Yes. And one of the really cool features of my smart TV is on the remote control, there is a friggin' YouTube button. <laughs> and I click that button and poof, on my like gigantic TV is YouTube. And it's great. It's easy to navigate. It's... Because what it's not actually an application. It's loading a browser and pointing it to YouTube's TV-based website. I know this because if I do it too quickly when I turn on the TV before it has a chance to actually connect to the network, I get a this page could not load error. <laughs> so it's loading a web page that is designed for smart TVs. Like the whole page, the format, the control is designed for smart TVs. And YouTube is retiring it. But why? 
Andy, I have one word for you. Google. I was going to say Hangouts, but yeah, I guess Google in general. <laughs> what Google was that one website? General. Was it like Google Graveyard? Yes. Killedbygoogle.com. Okay, that's okay. Also, the Google Cemetery. There's two of them. <laughs> there's there's two websites. Oh, God, this is terrifying. Oh, the killed works with Nest. Uh, so they're, they're killing this, this website, this application, and like, what the hell? I can, I can uh, give me one second. I got to go grab one of my remotes. We'll be right back. Okay. Okay. I've got my Blu-ray remote in front of me here. There is a Netflix button, which takes me to Netflix on there. They have not yeah, updated the Netflix it's, it's app. It's taking you to it. On the well, is it an app or is it a web page? It's an app because the app has not been updated. So, you know, if you go to the Netflix app, you can either only yeah. now thumbs up or thumbs down something that you can't rate it anymore. This okay. still has the ratings on it. Ooh. Yes, but so that you don't doesn't. Want them to update it. This doesn't carry over, though. If I rate something on my Blu ray player, it doesn't transfer oh, over. No. No. It, really? The, the, the lists still transfer over, and it knows that I watch something. But it doesn't know if I but like the score. It or not. Yeah, that that was the whole that that's how I got you to start using Netflix. Mm-hmm. Also, for for a while, you were like, yeah, I had Netflix, but like it never tells me stuff that I'm interested in and I don't like it. I'm like you need to rate things. And now you can't again. Right below it as well is a Skype button. Oh, that's hilarious. What Which is your you Blu-ray know? player doing with Skype? I don't know because this button doesn't do anything. There was also there's yeah. a, there's there's an internet button on here as well, which used to bring up a whole lot of stuff. Now Amazon Prime and Vudu. It's a whole there was a whole interface where you could literally have dozens of apps and other things supposedly built into this internet thing there. But all it does now is just bring up a big screen with lots of spaces for things, but there's all there is is literally just two things on the list. It's just Amazon Prime. So I guess Prime like forced obsolescence. I mean, it's 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 just your Blu-ray player saying, "Hey, you need to get a new one." Maybe there's an upgrade or an update that you nope. can get. Nope, I've looked. Panasonic has no longer continued to update this Blu-ray player, <laughs> but it still plays Blu-rays. So you know, why get, why get another one? You know, yep. our our TV does not do 4K resolution. I guess that's, that's the so. advantage of something like a Chromecast, right? Because I could I can go back. I used to use the YouTube app, which is, wasn't an app. It was just the website. But, like, I can just go back and start Chromecasting again and just use my phone as the controller. Still, pain in the ass, and the industry is not updating. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. What happens when it breaks and the model changes from under you? Which is to say, GameStop is in deep shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they've been posting down. They're closing 200 stores, but their, uh, was it their CEO? Yeah, the CEO said yeah. that it was going to be okay because there's still going to be physical media in the next generation of consoles whenever the hell they actually yeah. show up. Uh, I mean, they'll announce them next year? Probably. At E3? Yeah, and they'll be on sale next uh, next fall. PS5 and Project Scarlet. Mm -hmm. It's not going to matter, right? Google Stadia is going to just eat their lunch. Google Stadia, I was, Apple Arcade. I was talking with someone at yeah. I was talking with someone at PAX. Uh, Google Stadia is missing something, and if they had an enterprise solution, oh my god! 
Andy, imagine going to a hotel and having Google Stadia. Well, there was for a time. Like just go as, to the, as go, part of the hotel package. You would go to the hotel, though, and they would have that Super Nintendo yeah. controller on there. Yeah, which is pretty cool. But like, what if, what if what if a hospital was able to get Google Stadia, like a pediatrics hospital? So what you're saying is we should talk to Zach. All of a sudden, I, well, actually, Zach was at the panel where this came up. <laughs> I got to see Zach at PAX. Did you say he hi? He was presenting. He was speaking. Yeah. Sweet. I was sitting in line for this panel, and I decided to look it up on the PAX app and see who was speaking. And I'm like, oh, Zach Weigel. Huh. And then, like, 30 seconds later, I hear him talking to other people in the line. Best part, the shirt I was wearing was the original Gamers Outreach volunteer shirt from the first Gamers Forgiving. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, I keep on trying to get him on the show. He's a very busy man. Yeah? Yes, he's... He's He's, (laughs) he's going around and doing a lot of talks. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think they streamed all of the panels. But yeah, while you're looking that up, though, just in case you're wondering, yes, the NPD figures, we haven't talked this in about a while, but U.S. spending on games is down 6% from last year. Software sales have been slightly up, but it's just been hardware dropping 22% year over year. So yeah, software sales, yes, there's there's some software sales, but hardware is the big moneymaker, and that has not been happening. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, so GameStop's ready for its reboot. GameStop Yay. is in deep trouble. They they gotta fix something. Something has to change. Well, they were what the, the reboot right? was. Um, like, they were talking about what uh, focusing on the whole um, folding Think Geek into the main GameStop brand, and then plans for new store concepts focusing around esports and retro gaming. Mm-hmm. Retro gaming is all going to be online, unless they're talking about like old NES carts. Which that is such a niche thing, especially you know now that you know Nintendo is putting SNES stuff right. on the Switch digitally. Oh, which by the way, Nintendo's putting. SNES stuff on the Switch. <laughs> Which reminds me, I need to go subscribe to Nintendo Online. <laughs> Just, Dave, don't abuse yep. the rewind feature. Why not? Because that's just cheating. I mean, I did when I was using an emulator. It made games a lot easier. <laughs> well, yeah. It's... One of the guys had posted that his Have you was, seen was trying uh, Super Mario World and then, you know, was getting frustrated at something. So I was like, oh, yeah, you know, did you know about the rewind feature? And he shows it to his kid and he's like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Yeah, because now the kid just rewinds. Right. Yep. But I, you, you, you will get better, like just by doing that rewind, because it's just do the thing that you failed to do over and over and over and over again. Unless you're using the rewind to mess with the RNG, in which case, yeah, you're cheating. Like, you're just cheating. I do remember, and I loved seeing the, um... Someone took the the rewind feature of an emulator and messed with it a little bit so that it recorded all of the attempts and then it put them all on the screen at the same time, but synced up. So, like, it it was Mario, and so he starts running across the screen, and then, like, a second Mario jumps out from the spot where there was Mario, and then, like, five more Marios jump out, because it was all the different attempts overlaid on top of each other. Hmm. It was really cool. It was really, really awesome to watch. Okay, GameStop is in deep trouble. They're still refusing to admit they're in deep trouble. The CEO says, no, we're still good. I promise, we're, we're still good. 
Mm-hmm. Man, I hope they're still good. I really hope they're still good. Speaking of business problems, uh, yeah, uh, Entercom Radio basically got seriously taken down by ransomware. Ooh. We 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 think Who is Entercom. Um, uh, a whole bunch of radio stations. Two hundred and thirty-five, I think. Yeah, two hundred and thirty-five radio stations across the United States. Okay. Uh, I first heard about this because Entercom is the company that runs the Detroit Tigers game. And when mm-hmm. the ransomware hit, it took down something on their network, so they couldn't fire the relays out to the uh, out to the the syndicator. Man, I I have this vision of like some guy running down a hallway and like manually flipping switches to try and get these things to turn on. It it was pretty much like that. We just, I don't think that's what happens, but <laughs> I don't know. During you know when when our Battle Creek station got hit by ransomware, my boss literally told the front desk person, "I want you to go into his office and pull the Ethernet cable out of his computer." <laughs> that's that's amusing. But yeah, no, the ransomware said shared network drives are offline. Company email is down. Printers are uh, down. Internet is working, but is slow. Computers which are not connected to Active Directory should be fully functional, although, as noted, internet access will be slow. If you have a company laptop, do not connect it to the wired network until you see me and I install a piece of software on it. Oof. Traffic department was down. Traffic department's the stuff that schedules ads that, you know, radio stations need in order to get paid. Yep. So... Yeah, no, it was, they still haven't officially said anything, but, you know, unofficially, yeah, it's like, yeah, everything to, you know, somebody in the programming department somehow got it onto the actual intercom network and all their radio stations are interconnected on the network and it just spread like wildfire across the entire company. Oops. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it, yeah, IT security is a scary, scary place. Do you, do you, I don't want you to tell me the details of it, but do you have like a recovery plan for ransomware? Yes. Like I said, I, I have had to, steps, like, I, I, we had a station that got hit by ransomware when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. Yep. Do you, do you have things in place to prevent it right now? Um, we have both online and offline backups. Okay. My, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I can say this. One of the things that we've done at work is a executable whitelist. If it's not approved by the IT team, the program cannot run. Oh, that's all of our computers have to have an administrator install any software. Oh, no, no, no. This is not just install. Like, even if the admin installs it, it cannot run. It will not run an executable without it being on the whitelist. Um, I'm not sure if we have a whitelist, but I have definitely had our antivirus software block programs mm-hmm. from running in the past because I've had issues with um, Adobe Audition getting blocked. Um, yeah, I think it was uh, a no, PDF. This is, this is even yeah, a PDF program got blocked by the antivirus as well. It's yep. one of those things where it's like we run, no, we they run went, out. The, they you went know. full paranoia on this, which you have to do, right? Like you yeah. have to be paranoid about it. <clears throat> People are like, but, but what about my stuff? And I'm like, do you want me to explain to my boss that you were the reason that, you know, X, Y, and Z happened? N- no, yeah. you don't want that. Do you, you want to be the person who brings everything down? No? Then sit down and shut up. 
it's always great, you know, when something happens, when somebody's emails gets hacked and they send out, you know, a mass email to the entire company and I just tell them, oh, you know, well, let me, let me take a look at your laptop. I can get this all squared away. And they're like, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. I, I took it to Geek Squad. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you really Whoa. do not want me to see what's on your laptop, do you? <laughs> I mean, you know, kind of. Okay. Uh... What else we got? Uh, KFC is coming out with a dating sim. Like a, a visual novel dating sim? Mm-hmm. Do you get to court this, the colonel? Uh, let's see. I love you, Colonel Sanders, a finger-licking good dating simulator Simulator uh, available for free on September 24th on Steam. will put players in control of a promising culinary student who is studying alongside a young Colonel Sanders while looking for love. You've got to make it through culinary school, too. Wow. KFC, this says there are multiple hours of gameplay, a secret ending, and recipes, too. Wow. I, oh, God, do we, do we play it? Well, you've got nine days to figure it out, because it's coming out. It is, yes, it is a real game. Yes, they did make it. Yes, it is coming out on Steam on September 24th. Wow. For free on the 24th. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, you didn't see that one coming, did you? Nope. No, I did not. Not at all. That was out of left field. Out of left field? Out to left field? I mean, the expression is it came out of left field, but why would something be coming from left field, Andy? I'm not sure. I'm looking this up right now. I mean, you're you're the baseball guy. Oh, okay. The, uh, according to MLB.com, there is another meaning. The term way out in left field is taken to mean crazy because Chicago Cubs first location um, had a mental institution behind left field. Ah, uh, yeah, this is often contended since there's no evidence of it being used before the 1940s. I, I don't think that's the case, Andy. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't get how that would surprise the runner that it comes from left field. You hit the ball. Do you not know where the ball went? It's been a long time since i've batted but like you tell me andy do, do the batters not know where the ball goes well most of the batters will hit to right and field. if you're running to first well but if you're running to first like left field is in your peripheral vision well yeah but if you're running from if you're uh, running to second left field is directly in front of you i guess only if you're running to third third or home because you if you're running home yeah. it's gonna the ball's literally gonna come out of left field but literally but like if you're out running of the to balloon. third if you, right, but if you're running to third, you also can't see right field. Right field is behind you. Yeah, but if you're running home, you could see right field. Yeah, I feel like it should just be out of, like, outfield. I I don't know. This is this has been my diversion of the day, of jumping into an idiom that's really weird. One might say it came out of left field. But yeah, no, if you're, if you're running home and the ball comes out of left field, it's going to surprise the heck out of you because it is literally coming from behind okay. your head. Except again, like, I guess if you're on third, no, because if you're on third base, you're going to be watching the, the batter. Yeah, but if Aren't you're you if also you, going to know where the ball goes, you're, if you're getting waved home, though, you're not going to look, be looking at the outfield. You're going to be looking at the base. Uh, coach. I guess. Yeah, you're looking at the base coach. All right. All right. All right. OK, so maybe maybe that's the source. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> okay, Steam Labs. Uh, Anything, oh yeah, it, there's there's an update basically saying things are going good. We're gonna yeah. keep going, making things more discoverable. I don't know how I feel about the fact that when I open Steam, my computer's fan ramps up. <laughs> well, because you know they have so many you know micro trailers going now. 
micro trailers available be. for every game. It can't be anything else. They're allowing more tags, and you can narrow by price in the search option. Cool. Uh, oh, good. You can actually know, hide items that you've already ignored or already own from the Steam Store search results. Neat. So you're like, nope, I know that. Yeah. I already have that. Yeah, I don't I don't need to know what the price is for Papers, Please. I already have it. <laughs> oh, but maybe I should play it. God, Papers, Please was so good. It was so hard. Mm-hmm. It was easy at the start, but it just gets so damn hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Omegathon, going back to PAX and talking okay. about Steam and the, the connection was Steam to VR to PAX to the Omegathon. The final game of the Omegathon was a game called Audica, A-U-D-I-C-A. Okay. Go look up who makes it. Harmonix, hello. Yeah. Welcome back, Harmonix. We missed you. We did. Audica is Beat Saber with Guns. <laughs> okay. And it's harmonics. I, I think Beat Saber has a rival now. Mm-hmm. Because, Jesus Christ, it looked fun. Andy, it looked amazing. Like, holy shit, I want to get a, an HTC Vive or a Valve Index so that I can play this game. Anyway, we'll, we'll see what comes of that. All right, should we hit the uh, randoms? Yeah, probably. Okay. Random review, my week. Yes. I'm going to review bstat.io. That's B-E-E-S-T-A-T dot I-O. Like the the bee, like a bee. Yes, bee, the stinging insect. Okay, stat.io. Yes. Oh, you can go to demo.bstat.io. Oh, so that could actually show you what it looks like yeah so i've got the echo b okay um the thermostat yeah so the not nest smart thermostat no yeah so the the idea is um there there's some you know i can look up on some of the stuff with echo b for historical data and sensors and that sort of stuff there but their web interface is kind of eh Okay. So somebody, you know, took their API and made BSTAT, which actually, you know, is a, is it I, I like it a lot better. Yeah. You know, it's it's a more cleaner interface. Um, you know, I can see, you know, the Echobee website actually has started taking things from BSTAT and putting it on their website. Because before when I went to Echobee's, you know, app and stuff there, I couldn't get to the sensors right away. I would have to, you know, click two things in to actually see what all the sensors are currently in the house. BSTAT, main yeah. page right there, boom. They also have okay. an app as well, which is, I think, just a browser for the thing. But it's, you know, gives me the, you know, indoor temperature, outdoor temperature, humidity, all that stuff, all the sensors. Gives me the recent activity so I can see how things are going compared to, you know, outside temperature and, you know, what my thermostat is set for. I can I can take a look at it and see exactly when it was running. It's open source. Oh, well, there you go. You could run your own BSTAT. If I knew what I was doing, I could. And then you could modify it. Well, that would be good, because the one thing I really want to do now with this was actually keep track of sensors over time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went back and I'm like, oh, it's, it's my own web page now. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, this looks a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the update on most of this from four months ago. BSTAT is now open source. Oh, including like the MailChimp stuff, because I assume that you can have BSTAT mail you information. Yeah, um, I got an email alert when one of my sensors was disconnected going, hey, one of your sensors You would have to learn PHP. 
and JavaScript. Yeah, no, if you've got an Echo Bee, this is, you know, get yourself signed up for this one because it's, it's a lot better of a web interface than the well, actual. You, you know what you can do, Andy, if you would like to see the sensors over time is you can go to their GitHub page and you can make an issue. I don't know how GitHub works. You, you log in. You go to, in this case, github, github.com slash bstat slash app, and you go to the issues page. All right, I'm going here. What am I looking at? Hmm. So someone wants you to wants them to chart the absolute humidity over time. Um, a lot of enhancements. Merge thermostats, manually configure thermostat groups, add visual indicator to gap-filled data. Uh, breakdown. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not looking. I don't understand what the heck I'm looking at, but we'll deal with that later. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So BSTAT. Yeah. So somebody took you the Echo B data. To and... be able to do one thing, made an actual dashboard, mm-hmm. which is cool. It's a nice dashboard. Yeah. No, it, it was, you know, I was kind of curious to see what the house would react when we were up north. You know, what what is the house doing, mm-hmm. you know, when I just basically turn the system off and I compare, you know, okay, yeah. if the system is entirely off, fans off, you know, what happens to the house? House normally basically sits around 70s, I think 76 degrees. Yeah, 76. It was like one of those things like, okay, so that's like basically the the natural equilibrium of the house, depending on outside temperature. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a nice thing to look at, just see how things are going. You know, I can see exactly when the um, air conditioner ran and for how long, you know, and, and look at outside temperature versus indoor temperature. It's just, it's just a lot of data to look at and it's nice. So, yeah, so if you have an Echo Bee, check this out. Cool. So I assume you have to like give it the credentials for logging into your actual Echo Bee. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, if you give it the Ooh, home comparisons. Yes. So that's the other part of it is that you can look at other people's houses that mm-hmm. are similar to yours. Neat. So yeah, I'm looking at the other Michigan houses that are detached around our size and age. And our heat score is great. That that have Echo Bees. Kind of an important little caveat there, yes. right? You're looking at other people who have this thing. Yes. Which, uh, yeah, I wish I got something like that for Nest. Yeah, it's comparing it to 25 homes, and, you know, our heat score is great. Our cool score is okay, but our resist score, this is where the thing is, is the fact that our house is not very resistant to temperature change compared to the outside, which would make sense because this house is 65 years old. So when outside gets hot, our house gets hot. So bstat.io that's my uh, my review somebody somebody took the api from echo b and said hey i can make this better first learned about it on the subreddit right so now uh random topic random topic rolled ahead of time do you own an inkjet or laser jet printer I owned an inkjet and then got rid of it, and now I own a laser jet. Really? You print off enough to actually warrant a laser jet? I mean, it, it cost like 50 bucks. Did it come with the toner? It was, it was better to just have it. Yeah. Oh, nice. Very nice. Um, we have... It's a, a brother... Uh, I'm looking for a model number... Uh, HLL2300. It does dual side printing automatically don't have to do anything for it and it's just black and white and it's just I, I just wanted a cheap little printer so if i needed to print things like forms for mailing and faxing i've got that because there are still places that only allow faxing because they're assholes oh i know that's why we still have a fax line at all of our stations yep 
Yeah. What's great though is the new fax machines don't actually have to print the stuff out. Um, it just drops it to the network. Yeah, which is great because we get so many yeah. spam faxes. So yeah. many spam faxes. Um, we here uh, have a Canon MG3520. It is a black and white and color printer scanner copier. Cool. Um, which gets upset with you when you do not use the official Canon cartridges. Yeah. But uh, I go to Cartridge World and just get the um, generic boxes, and the, the, the little cartridges that they give me come with a little slip of paper that tell me how to get it to work with my Canon MG3620. <laughs> That's funny. You know, it, it won't tell me how much ink so, is left in the cartridge, but it will at least run. So, yep. All right. So the answer is yes. Do you have a, an inkjet or a laser jet? Yes. We have. It seems both of us have one of each. Yep. So there you go. All right. I, I think that's it. Yep. Uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>